Hello and welcome to Patch Notes, Radio Free Gaming's video game industry news show. It is May 22nd, 2017, and I am your host, Adam Castor. First, let's talk about upcoming releases this week. Yesterday, The Elder Scrolls Online, their expansion, Somerset, released for Windows and Mac. Definitely exciting content drop for Elder Scrolls Online fans everywhere. I mean, I guess game companies don't really like to release on Mondays, because this was the only game that came out yesterday. The only major release that came out yesterday. So I guess they have something against uh, releasing things on Monday. I think it's just because people don't really aren't in the mood of to buy video games on a Monday because you know it's the first day of the week they're all very tired they're still getting over all the fun stuff that they did over the weekend so they just don't want to do stuff they don't want to go out and buy video games on Mondays I get it I totally get it but regardless of the lackluster Monday lineup thankfully the rest of the week still has a lot more to give as far as new releases and ports that's that's an that's an important thing. This is going to go into today, May 22nd. Some high-profile releases today include the much-awaited drop of both Mega Man Legacy collections on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, in case you didn't know, the Mega the first ten Mega Man games were divided into two separate games. It was uh, one through six on Mega Man Legacy Collection One and it was 7, 8, 9, and 10 on Mega Man Legacy Collection 2. And those games are out for just about everything, except for Nintendo Switch at the time, but now they are they have been released for the Nintendo Switch. So finally, Nintendo Switch owners can play all 10 classic Mega Man games, just in time for when Mega Man 11 comes out later this year. Also in port news, Cult Classic Farming Simulator and Harvest Moon Impersonator Stardew Valley is coming on the PS Vita. The PlayStation Vita, you know, I'm surprised that they're still, I mean, it's not a new release or anything, but I'm surprised that they're still putting software on the PlayStation Vita. But you know what? More power to Sony to try and keep their failing handheld afloat. As for actually new games that are coming out, Microsoft's exclusive zombie survival horror game, State of Decay 2, came out today. Actually, surprisingly, it's one of the few brand new games brand new AAA games with very high profile backing priced at $30. It's very rare to see. I think the last time, one of the fewer times that I've actually seen a game come out at that sort of price tag was Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice made by Ninja Theory. So it's interesting. I don't, I doubt it's going to be a trend or anything. Maybe Microsoft had such little faith in what State of Decay was going to do or how well it was going to do. They're like, well, you know what? People might not like this, but at least it's $30. That will give them one good thing to say. At least it's $30. So this is this is exciting. This is exciting for people who have been waiting for years for this game to finally come out. Koji Igarashi, the man behind Castlevania, the auteur behind Castlevania, will finally release his Kickstarter project, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, which recently underwent a little a bit of a name change, and is now Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. I swear, I mean, I looked at the title screen of this game, I swear they're doing it just so they can do the thing with the sea that Castlevania games do, where the sea is a bit more prominent than the rest of the word. You know, it's weird. It kind of looks like the Contra Sea. That's really funny because, you know, Contra and Castlevania are made by the same company. But yeah, I think that I think that's probably why 
they changed the title because I can't think of anything else. <laughs> I can't think of any other reason why. And yeah, like I said, this is a spiritual successor to Castlevania and their Kickstarter project, which launched in 2015, around June of 2015, around this time, actually, it got five and a half million dollars in funding. Million with an M in funding. Unbelievable. You know, thankfully for fans of Castlevania, for backers of this game, and if you made a Venn Venn diagram of those two entities, they're probably, the space in the middle is probably going to be very, very large. They are excited for this. And it's always nice uh, as a fan of just games in general to see a successful crowdfunded project go through even if it's not necessarily a traditional kind of crowdfunded project anyway along with that today on the other complete on the complete other side of the spectrum we have three persona rhythm games that are coming out um yeah i mean it is interesting to those hardcore fans of persona because i do know you're out there you're definitely there and that's about it if you kind of just want to experiment if you heard of, of the Persona franchise, Shin Megami Tensei franchise, and you're like, eh, you know what? Maybe I'll try this rhythm game just for the heck of it. Just because I would I would check it out. I haven't played it. I haven't looked at it. It just looks really interesting. <laughs> but the only thing is that if you are one of these people mentioned above and you do not have any and you don't have a PS4 or a PlayStation Vita then sorry you cannot you cannot play these these games there's not much i can say about persona games but this does tie into stuff that we're going to be talking about later everything everything flows together lastly on the 25th may 25th that would be friday dark souls remastered coming to everything except for the, the nintendo switch dark souls is this is a surprising release not because I didn't know it existed because I did. But when it was announced, I was like, how old is Dark Souls? That they're like, yeah, we could remaster it. It's about seven-ish years old. I guess you could make the case that it it would be released as a remaster. But I mean, how much can you possibly change like graphically as far as that is concerned but at least fans of dark souls on both the xbox one and the ps4 and on steam can play an upscaled version of the first game and those people those fans cannot get enough of dark souls so i know that they're gonna love it also on the 25th one of the fewer one of the last AAA releases of the week is david cage David Cage of Fahrenheit Indigo Prophecy, or was it Indigo Prophecy, and it was Fahrenheit somewhere in the UK or Europe, but he made, it was that, uh, he made Heavy Rain, and he made Beyond Two Souls with Ellen Page. He's releasing another game in that similar vein, because that's kind of what he does, that's his shtick. Uh, It's Detroit Become Human. This game looks great honestly like the graphics the graphics are amazing the very they're kind of they're very realistic actually looking at screenshots of it from the last e3 and the trailers that have been coming out leading up to its release 
yeah, I I adore the way this game looks. And it's coming out for PlayStation only. So it's a shame for me because I only have the Xbox. But I'm still I still think that it looks great. The only thing about it is that I don't trust David Cage as far as quality is concerned. Because a lot of his games do look good, more or less. But it's just that the quality and the inclusion of actual gameplay in the story in the game is what set people off from it or just like push people away from it. So hopefully it is actually kind of good just for, for his sake. And so yeah, overall exciting stuff coming out this week. People talk about the spring and summer games drought and it just doesn't exist. And as far as this is this week is concerned. I don't really think it exists. And there are game. I mean, maybe it's not as much as you would see in either October, November, December, January, October, October, November, December, January, fine, or February, fine. But things are still coming out, and still stuff, and stuff that people are excited about. So yeah, I don't think. At least this year, there won't be as great of a games drought as there as there was in years past. And I mean, you have AAA, you have high-profile releases and ports coming out this week. You have more of that stuff coming out next week. You have E3 coming up. Honestly, the summer is one of the great times to enjoy video games because you there is a lot going on so moving on to industry to actual industry news and i mean this isn't necessarily news but it has been all but confirmed around like today (laughs) today past couple days and it was leaked a couple weeks ago but now it's been confirmed by Activision that Call of Duty Black Ops 4 will not have a single-player campaign. And this was shocking to me, mildly surprising to my friends. But And there has been data that shows that uh, COD campaigns are not being played as much as multiplayer. Or just not being played at all. So I can see it, but there are still, um, there are still people that enjoy single-player campaigns in video games and even local co-op in video games which call of duty is pretty good at i'll give them that and i'm going to talk more about this in thursday's episode of patch notes editorial so i'm going to dive much deeper into how and why single player games and couch co-op games are going extinct and why companies are focusing more on multiplayer and the and online services even though they know that that stuff costs money. You have to pay money to either Sony, Microsoft, or Nintendo to play online, to play online multiplayer, whether it be PSN, Xbox Live, or the upcoming Switch Online. So I'm going to talk more about that. I'm going to expound more on that, elaborate more on that on Patch Notes Editorial, which is coming out on Thursday. But sticking with War Shooters, everybody's favorite company, EA is releasing some limited previews of Battlefield 5. And two things on this, for me at least. Does anyone really get why how they name sequels for Battlefield games? I mean, sure, Battlefield 1942 makes sense. Took place 1942, World War II. Fine, 
fine. Um, you have the Bad Company games, and then Battlefield Three. If anything, it would have been be- that would have been Battlefield Five because I think it was 1942, 1945, and then uh, Bad Company One and Two, and then Battlefield Three. So what? <laughs> and then Battlefield Four. I was like, oh, maybe EA's got this. And then Battlefield Hardline came out. And then they moved back to Battlefield 1, which is which makes sense sort of as like a devil's advocate. To just play devil's advocate for a second. They do it does make sense because World War One, but it's just confusing. Confusing for well, not confusing for people who have been following the series, but confusing for future historians who are looking back and saying, Wait, what's the order of these games? When do they come out? I don't, I don't know. I think EA just doesn't care at this point. They're just going to name games whatever they want. And also, just for me, I swear to God, if this game exploits microtransactions like its cousins, Battlefront 2, made by DICE also, and ulti- and all the Ultimate Team modes in EA Sports games, I'm talking to you talking about Madden, FIFA, NBA Live, NHL. If all that stuff happens, I'm going to have an aneurysm. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm pretty sick of this kind of stuff. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of this kind of exploitation for monetary gain gain happening. And it, I mean, it's happened for years, but it, it, it's still not, it hasn't gotten any less aggravating when it does happen. Next, Fortnite, that game that literally everybody is playing. All of your friends, all your relatives, all your loved ones, they're all playing Fortnite. Even as I'm talking right now, Fortnite is the most popular game on just about every console whether it be mobile phones pc ps4 xbox one so yeah fortnite is incredibly popular and epic games their developer creators of gears of war bulletstorm tons of other games very popular games uh they're putting 100 million dollars into prize pools and general funding for fortnite esports tournaments and that's that's crazy and this is not unheard of capcom actually funded their own circuit for street fighter 5 their own tournament sponsoring their own tournaments for street fighter 5 so this is definitely not unheard of but fighting games are a niche genre this is fortnite fortnite is the most popular game right now and those tournaments are going to have so many entrants that they're going to take a week to do to run through the entire bracket of it i'll tell you it's crazy and it definitely and it makes so much sense an a boatload of sense for why epic would put all of this money into fortnite it's almost a guaranteed return on investment unless fortnite's popularity just suddenly falls off a cliff in the next day or so epic has doesn't really have much to lose on this move although the interesting thing to think about uh going back to call of duty black ops 4 their activision is releasing a a fortnite styled mode a battle royale styled mode and it's gonna be called call of duty blackout so along with player unknowns battlegrounds fortnite is going to have more competition in the battle royale genre and it's going to be it's it remains to be seen how this is going to work in the long run especially when black ops 4 gets released because you know call of duty was essentially in Fortnite's position about 10 years ago, where they were the most popular thing in the gaming industry today. And they still have a considerable, and the games still have a considerable amount of popularity. But 10 years ago, 
when the 360 was in its heyday, Call of Duty was immensely, immensely popular. Microsoft has been hinting that the next real Halo game is on its way soon. Soon is soon. They they're just hinting at it. Just giving it just giving their audience a tease of what to come. I would expect something at E3 talking about it. My questions are could this be Halo 6 finally? Will they be finishing the 343 games trilogy of 4, 5 and 6? And also could this be a spin-off? Not a spin-off in the Halo Wars sense, but a spin-off in the Halo Reach or Halo ODST sense where they play like traditional Halo games, but they aren't numbered, and they don't star the Master Chief. So, I mean, my prediction for what this is going to be, well, I hope it's a Halo 6. And also, the question for Microsoft is, will this be the exclusive that they need to get back into the console race? I don't know. This, might, this, is the ga- this could be the game that does it. Halo still, Halo still has mass appeal. Its fans are definitely waiting for a new game. And in my opinion, this game is either going to get leaked, like the title, and maybe some game and maybe some screenshots are going to get leaked, or there's going to be a very hype reveal at E3. All right, enough about shooters. Enough about especially first-person shooters. Enough about that. A beta was released for Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. For those that don't know, it is an anime-styled fighting game. Coming out in early June in America, I believe it already released in Japan, or it is really well. It, it's releasing in Japan uh, later in May, and it's coming out in North America in early June. And it's a crossover fighting game featuring characters from Rooster Teeth's Ruby anime, uh, Blaze Blue, which is an anime style fighting game made by Arc System Works. Persona 4 Arena, same thing. Persona 4 Arena is an anime-style fighting game based on not only the Persona games, but also very similar to Blaze Blue as far as gameplay is concerned. And Undernight Inbirth, a game that I had no idea about until this game was released, which is very similar to uh, Blaze Blue and Persona 4 Arena, from what from what I can imagine. And this game is pretty niche honestly. It's coming out for everything except for Xbox. Ah, whatever. It's coming out for everything except for Xbox. And there is some controversy, actually, from, from it. But I'm going to be talking about that later in the show, for those of you that don't know. But the game does look pretty good. It looks great, honestly. Uh, especially for a sprite dump, an asset dump, where a lot of the characters and animations were reused, except for the Ruby characters, uh, those were made especially for this game because Ruby hasn't had a video game or a fighting game even until right now. And even then, though the Ruby sprites don't even look out of place when compared to the Blaze Blue sprites, which are from ten years ago, whenever uh, Blaze Blue Calamity Trigger came out. I believe it came out in. Yeah, 2008, 10 years ago. 10 years, well, it will be 10 years in November. Compared to Blaze Blue game, to the Blaze Blue sprites especially, that came out 10 years ago in November. The, their 10-year anniversary would be in November. Exciting stuff. And yeah, the gameplay, well, as far as anime fighting games go, the gameplay is actually toned down a bit. Usually it's very complex with all the button move, with all the buttons and the stick movements 
for special moves and super attacks, but I feel like they understood their audience and that people that don't play fighting games, uh, Ruby fans mainly, aren't going to be as well-versed in how fighting games work. So the commands are very sim- are very simple. And the gameplay is the kind of thing where it's easy to learn but difficult to master. But that's all for right now as far as this week as far as today is concerned. And the only reason that there isn't as much and it's a lot of stuff that we kind of already knew is because a lot of companies are saving their hype announcements their big announcements, the big news for E3. And E3 is the biggest video game trade show of the year. And that is where a lot of games get announced, a lot of trailers. They want to show these games first in front of their investors, as opposed to just releasing them out online for fans. Or they just want to be, want to keep with like the tradition of having the the cool E3 announcement for your game, the cool E3 demo for your game, and then everyone's going to talk about that. So in the coming weeks, there might be less and less of a content drip. It might mainly just be leaks of things that will be said at E3, but once E3 happens, I feel like the the news is still going to is going to explode at the moment. <laughs> it's going that's when it, that's when it's going to happen. That's when the flow is going to return to what it was or what it is throughout the rest of the year. Here's a next here's a segment I like to call anti-consumer reports, where I look at some of the game companies and all of the terrible things that they're doing at this very moment. And I teased this about two minutes ago. <laughs> We're back to Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle, Arc System, the Arc System Works fighting game, marred by controversy with how it handles its downloadable content, its extra characters. So here's the rundown. The game's releasing with 20 characters at a starting price of $50, and the 20, 20 downloadable characters are being released for a $20 season pass. Half the roster for $20. Sure, the game is less than 60 fine, cool, but half of the roster is being cut out, surgically cut out, and sold back as DLC. And the kicker is that these characters have been leaked already. Or not, well, leaked and data mined because the beta that I was talking about has been data mined, as betas do. And fans have found every single one of the 20 characters that will be released periodically. So it's not like they were just coming up with. 20 more characters for the roster. There were 40 char- there were 40 characters in this game and they were like, "You know, if we wanted to make more money, let's cut the let's cut the roster in half and then let's sell them back, sell those 20 characters back to the fans, the people that met or the people that bought the game." And so the math goes that if you want the full roster of characters and if you're playing this game, if you plan on playing this game competitively or if you're a fan of either Blaze Blue, Persona, Undernight Inbirth, or Ruby, then you're going to have to spend 70 on this game. When they could have then you when you could have been like, well, sell the game for 60, have 40 characters, maybe have 40 characters at launch and then maybe sell let's say 5 extra characters. You know, fighting games do like to do the extra character, extra costume kind of thing. So sell let's say sell like 5 for 10. That's fine. 
you still get to six, you still get to seventy, but you're getting more with the base game. You don't have to buy half the game again for almost half the price. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, it makes business sense, but it doesn't make any con- any sense for for the consumer. It's not pro-consumer at all. They're literally nickeling and diming people. And they're almost trying to make it seem like, oh, you know, it's fine. We're making the game less than $60. Sure, you are. Noble. How noble. But you're still cutting away half the game to sell it back as DLC. All right. Yeah. Some companies, the industry itself just will never learn about this kind of thing. Or they'll just keep doing it. They'll find a new way, a new and sinister way to try and get the most money they can with out of a out of a game with really no regard of how it will impact them in the long run they only care about short-term profits because they say oh we already have your money so who cares what you think of us anyway happier topic for the end of the show a much happier topic in my opinion it's time for a segment that i like to call what am i playing right now and the gist of it is if the title wasn't self-explanatory enough, that I talk about a particular game that I'm playing the heck out of this week. Why I'm enjoying it so much, and if this game is just a me thing, or I can recommend it to the average gamer who dabbles in every genre. And honestly, if I didn't have to hold this mic to my face, I probably would be playing this game right now. And I was actually just playing it before I started recording, because it is it is pretty addicting. So the game that I'm talking about, without further ado is Wizard of Legend. It came out on May 15th for the Xbox One, PS4, uh, PC, and Switch. Crowdfunded game, Kickstarter game, developed by by Contingent99, is a roguelike dungeon crawler with local co-op. No online co-op. Local co-op. You can play with a friend, and it's a roguelike dungeon crawler. So, for those of you that don't know what those words mean, you take the role of a wizard in training, and you go through what are called the Chaos Trials. And you go through 10 procedurally generated levels with four of them ending in a boss fight, like a full boss fight with kind of like gods of the elements. You have earth, uh, earth, water, and fire so far. And there is a wind uh, temple or a wind stage, a wind theme stage, and a wind theme boss coming soon. But I don't know when that's going to be released. And then the rest of those levels, the other six, are in end in mini bosses which are kind of like a a larger beefed up version of enemies that you find throughout all the other dungeons and you have four different spell slots where you have you have your basic attack uh, you have your dash which you use to dodge and then and you have a spell they're called arcana you have a basic arcana and you have your signature arcana so each spell it takes it they take uh, properties of the elements fire so far, fire, earth, and water, and oh, also lightning. They can be. They can range from. So they ran. They can range from an area of effect lightning spell, uh, a fireball, an earth like an earth dragon, like a dragon made out of rocks that tunnels through the ground, and you can and you basically customize your loadout with relics that you buy that you can either buy with gems that you get from bosses in the starting town area before you go into the into the chaos trials or you can get them on the way like from shops within the dungeons as you're doing the chaos trials but once you get them in the dungeons you can't keep them unless you you can't keep them after you die 
and that's it. And that goes into how it really works. So there's no like save feature or anything. I mean, you save all of the stuff that you get and all the relics that you permanently own and all of the arcana that you uh, permanently own. But once you die, that's it. You're done. One life. You have to complete the entire game in one life. And you also have relics that can help you that range from raising your health, your maximum health, uh, your your speed, your cool, the cooldowns on your spells after you use them, reducing them, or th things of that nature. And that, and the same thing goes for them as they do for the Arcana. And that's what I've been playing <laughs> for this week and last week, actually, since I got it when it came out on the 15th. I wasn't the backer of the game. I literally heard about it because I was with my roommate. And he was checking out games on the Switch's eShop. And he was like, oh, Wizard of Legend, this looks kind of cool. I was like, wow, this looks amazing. This is like a fast pace. I mean, it's a fast paced action game with a bit of roguelike elements. And honestly, for me, I haven't even, I've never played a roguelike before. I wasn't really into roguelikes. And this game, I wouldn't say that this game got me into it, but it's kind of warmed me up to the genre as a whole. And I felt a little less apprehensive towards games that aren't necessarily controlled by me, but are controlled by luck. Like I'm at the mercy of luck. So that's it for patch notes. Tomorrow you can check out I check out our interview of Alex the Golden Boy Mendez. I'm interviewing him, and also Radio Free South Bronx is Desiree Frias. We're both interviewing him, and we're going to be posting that on Wednesday. He is an esports commentator who uh, commentates League of Legends and Halo. And on Thursday, as I as I said, I'm going to be doing an episode of Patch Notes editorial where I will be talking about the fall of single player modes in games and also local co-op in, in games and why or why and how the gaming industry has gotten away from local co-op and single player and purely single player games. So for everyone at, at Radio Free Gaming and Radio Free South Bronx, I have been your host, Adam Caster. I will see you next time and have a great day.